Well, it is my privilege and pleasure to introduce someone that has been a friend for 15 years. And uh, boy, he's got a, just a fascinating story. And I've enjoyed every time I get together with him and learn about it. But anyhow, his name is Matt Guy. And he is a good guy, by the way. <laughs> Welcome, Matt, to our little podcast. Thanks, Randy. It's always good to get with you, get together with you. I totally agree. Let me tell you a little bit more about Matt. He's a graduate of Granville High School and Grand Valley State University. He briefly worked for the Walker and Granville Police Departments before he was hired as a Kent County deputy. Well, in 1987, uh, he actually was promoted to sergeant and he served there until he had a life-changing event that really set him on a rather negative path that resulted even in a prison sentence. Hmm. But it was in prison that his life began to change, actually for the better, believe it or not. And that's just a fascinating story. Upon his release, God began to do some wonderful things in his life that he will share with us about. Uh, Matt and his wife, Tanya, have two children. He continues to trust God to use him daily as he touches the lives of other men who are struggling with addictions and sin. And the program that uh, he works with is called The Avenue. So again, Matt, thanks for taking a few minutes to be with us today. Thanks for just being willing to share your life with, with a bunch of people. I appreciate that, Randy. You know, I've told you this before. If it was up to me, no one would know a thing about me. I get um, it. But that that's not the plan that God has for me. And you've been there with me to, to help me understand that. Just just one small correction. I actually started my police career down in Tampa, Florida. Oh, that's right. Spent about four years there. Yeah. Uh, for a kid growing up in Granville, Michigan, going down to that environment in the early '80s was a shocker. Wow, I'll bet, I'll bet. And he came back to the the Sun Belt up here in North. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, we're glad you did. It was fun. So, anyhow, you got an amazing story, my friend. And uh, you grew up in this area, and you did not really have a super happy upbringing, it sounds like. Uh, you had some challenges. Your dad was a police officer, and uh, as a young teenager, you were not a follower of Jesus, it sounds no. like. No. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of things in culture, alcohol, drugs, and so on, and they were beckoning to you at the time, right? At a very early age. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a tough one. But somehow you wanted to become a police officer. Where did that come from? Well, it came from those early years of uh, being the kid, fat kid in the neighborhood, uh -huh. uh, looking for acceptance. I didn't know where to find acceptance. Um, I certainly didn't know anything about God. Um, so it went from hanging out with all the wrong kind of guys, getting mm -hmm. in trouble, yeah. More than my share of uh, experiences with run-ins with the law enforcement, believe it or not. But mm. once I got into high school, I decided all that didn't work. So what better way to gain acceptance in my own mind was to follow in my dad's footsteps. So I set my, set my mind to it, mm -hmm. put myself through college, uh, worked two jobs, got good grades, got hired down in Tampa. Um, put a hundred percent into that image and it looked good for a small while, but it didn't end up good in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we get our identity 
and again, I I struggle with this, even at my age and, and having been a Christian for a long, long time of, of, you know, you get, you feel okay when you do that next job, when you get the approval of the crowd and mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, living for Jesus. And again, you weren't a Christian, so, you know, you didn't have that ability, but uh, your identity was pretty much tied up in being what the best policeman one could, would have, right? Totally 110% into my job and into wow. that image. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I knew the criminal code and, and vehicle code backwards and forwards. Um, I studied case law. In fact, not no disrespect to any prosecutors out there, but <laughs> I called them out on more than one occasion um, as a young police officer. So, um, but uh, again, you're always destined for failure um, if that's all you place your importance on that, in that true. sense of self-worth. Now, it's kind of interesting that, you know, you and I were on a parallel course to some degree. I mean, sort you were enough. a police officer working and you'd talk to prosecutors. I was a assistant prosecutor for two and a half years, ran mm-hmm. for judge, got elected in uh, 1974, and uh, served for 15 years. It started you know, in 75. But anyhow, but you didn't even know. We didn't know each other. Our, no. our, our paths didn't cross, which is kind of interesting. Even though we're in the same county, our paths didn't cross. Which is they did when I needed you most. No. <laughs> and that's that's the fun story right here, if you will. Yeah. Well, let's first get to the not so fun story. Is sure. so your identity is tied up into being the best police officer one can have, and you got a call. Was it from South Side of Kent County? Where there's a what a boyfriend and girlfriend struggling together or something, and you you, re, you responded to that. It's even thirty two years later. It's still really difficult for me to. to uh, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, I'm sure um, every minute detail of the situation mm-hmm. is as clear today as it was then. Yeah. Um, and let me preface that all by saying I'm not here to make excuses for my poor behavior i I totally Um, agree and i'm not going to do it for mine either so i agree with you buddy but go ahead but this was january 20th 1991 and and i won't go into a whole lot of details it was like a boyfriend girlfriend situation i actually knew the uh the kid 18 year old kid i obviously won't use his name here but oh for sure um, it all ended in a very violent and graphic shooting situation that resulted in his losing his life and me so angry not just at at his loss but my failure to stop me i was a cop's cop yeah i everyone looked up to me i i will never ever um hold my head down as far as what i did and how i performed as a police officer um but I, I ruined my own self-imposed image. Yeah, well, let's, let's get into it. I mean, to make it clear, he came out of the house or whatever, had a rifle pointed to his own head, if I yeah. understand the facts. And you knew that a good police officer is going to quickly say the right word so he doesn't pull the trigger. But he pulled the trigger and killed himself right in front of you. I, I'm surprised you, you remember all those details. But yeah, yeah. Um, I 
tried to force words out of my mouth because he knew me. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I wanted to shout his name and say, Hey, it's Matt. Um, yeah, yeah. And all he did was walk up to the front of my cruiser and mist and red smoke. And um, uh, it was over. Uh, and so you began, you went into a deep depression because you 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 felt a great sense of failure. If again you you weren't the, the police officer that you needed to be, again you weren't a Christian at the time. You couldn't you know bring this to the Lord specifically, so you just began to feel just an incredible sense of depression, and you went into a hole and and you 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 began to engage in you know your your escape was computer porn basically, right? Um. Not so much at that point, to be honest with okay. you. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. It, uh, it my escape was to to hide that mm. pain and, oh, sure. and rebuild that all important self image. Mm. Yeah. To the point where, over the next several years, I tried to rebuild that image. I did rebuild that image, mm. okay. and that resulted in a promotion, which was a huge burden as opposed to a blessing so you became a sergeant became a sergeant yep okay well and as a sergeant you unfortunately have to go to all the high priority calls okay homicides the the shootings the rapes Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. death notifications and here i am a guy who buried all that pain i can't admit that a cop would ever cry um, having to to deal with those situations, and each and every time, I let myself down in my own eyes, oh. while pretending to have that perfect aim. I didn't have anyone to pray to. Yeah. I didn't know who to pray to. I yeah. didn't definitely didn't have anyone to talk to. In my own eyes, it, it wasn't for probably fifteen years later where I talked to my wife Tanya for the first time about that that other situation in nineteen ninety one. Wow. Wow. I, so, I still remember, Randy, I one uh two sixteen year old good kids um were killed in a head on crash um by a guy who fell asleep at the wheel. Oh, oh, and oh, oh. they died in the car. And I had as a sergeant, I had to make notification on, on both sets of parents. Oh, I'm so sorry. And That'd be so hard. Oh, the oh. second set of parents, I went back out to the cruiser in the driveway. Yeah. And I sat behind the wheel and I just started crying uncontrollably. Oh. Some guys would say, well, that's normal. Oh. In my eyes at that time, I was calling myself every four letter word in the book for showing oh. that emotion. I'm so, I'm so sorry, pal. Oh. So that is where we get to the. I started drinking after every shift. I started taking double the prescribed sleep Mm -hmm. pills to get through the night. My escape was the internet porn. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And that got deeper and deeper, didn't it? It sure did. To the point where you did something that broke the law. Yeah. And you were charged. Yep. And you were sentenced. Yes. Or what was your sentence? How long? 22 months for a police officer that was a cop for 22 years. 22, not your favorite number, I'm sure. 
It actually is because it is. honestly, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. All People right, now believe me when I say that, but it really was. That is so amazing. It, I wouldn't know you if that didn't happen. Well, more importantly, you wouldn't know the Lord humanly speaking, no. and that's far more important than knowing this guy. But anyhow, so sent away for twenty-two months to prison. So, what made it good going to prison? I was stripped of everything that I thought was important. All the material things in life. I didn't have anyone else to turn to. My family, well, that's a miracle in itself. My family stood behind me and loves me. But I turned to God at that point, um, just out of sheer desperation. I had nothing. Were you, you, was there a preaching? Was it a a chapel service? Or how did you turn to God? Sure, uh, but 99% of that was my own doing. In fact, Tanya sent me my first Bible there. <laughs> um, and I, I still remember one night, not long after I arrived there in the yard, Yeah, um, I prayed to God. Um, and it was the most gut-wrenching prayer. It, in many ways, I was really upset at yeah. God, sure. at what happened to my family because of what I did. I didn't feel it was, you know, I was being treated fairly. That's, you know, God doesn't go to pity uh-huh. parties. So, yeah. um, but God, I, I, some guys will say that they, they heard God speaking to them. Yes. Um, I always thought it was like a FaceTime call. Um, <laughs> nothing like that. And, you know, there were no, there were no birds singing in the background or harps or flowers yeah. or stuff like that. It was total darkness. And all I felt was his presence and his words almost chastising me, saying, Matt, don't you understand who you're dealing with? You need to allow me to turn something bad into something good. Oh, oh. Honestly, turn something bad into something good. Yeah. That he was going to do. Did you believe him when he said that to your heart? I did. I was fired up. Um, but then again, I was a brand new Christian. So the the fire was burning 110 miles an hour. I had all these grand illusions and I didn't have the patience like I do now to sit back and realize what he really did. Wow. So you, you get out of prison uh, 2007-ish. And uh, where, what do you do? Where do you go to church? <laughs> well, I uh, my my daughter actually was going to Crossroads. Crossroads um, so Bible said, Church. Hey, uh-huh. Give this a shot. And I called and wanted to meet with the pastor. And they said, well, the pastor isn't available, but we got this other guy that you can meet with. And so, it just happens. Just let me give a little background for people that don't know. I was a judge, elected judge, and and again, 74 started 75. I quit in 1990 voluntarily to start Michigan Family Forum and started traveling to Lansing, did a bunch of other things. But by this time, uh, 2007, um, Rod Van Salkema, who was the lead pastor, head pastor at Crossroads Bible Church, and I continue to be best friends. Uh, He was looking for some help for administration. I was looking for something to do. And I ended up becoming an executive pastor at Crossroads Bible Church. So I was technically a pastor, and I was in my office when mm-hmm. you 
came to the came to the office there looking for a pastor to talk to. <laughs> I sure was. Um and and when I sat down with you, um I told you my whole story. I didn't leave any of the gory details out as far as what I did, what you know, where I was coming from. And my I expected rejection. Um and then Randy Heckman, being the Randy Heckman he is, um, decided to tell me at that point that, hey, did by the way, I was a uh, judge and a prosecutor in Kent County. <laughs> and I, I remember the look on your face when I said that. You kind of went, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and honestly, I, I started to get up yeah. uh, when you stopped me. And, and the look in your eyes um, is something I'll never forget, Randy. It was you need to understand that that we're all rejects. I think I said something like this. You said, would I be accepted in your church? I remember you asked that question. And I said, Matt, if you're not accepted in our church, I'm not accepted in our church. Mm -hmm. And I gave you a big hug. And I meant it. And the hug went both ways. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that was the start of of my, you were the first real Christian guy that I ever met in my life. Oh, that was amazing. And then we had a men's retreat about a week or two or whatever it was after that. Scared to had death. Had about a hundred guys say, you got to come and share your story with others. He said, I can't do that. Well, you, you did. And they accepted you like I did because that's what God is. He says he's forgiven us this huge debt. I mean, why shouldn't we look with mercy on other people? And they did. And uh, that was the start of, of you just being willing to share your life. And uh, you got involved with, with a ministry called The Avenue. Eventually, I don't know how soon thereafter you did. How, tell us a little about that. The, the next. Sure. It was actually in late 2008. Um, actually, we met in 2006. Oh, but okay. In, All right. In, mid to late 2008. Okay. Um, I actually heard about this group um, and, and I did some research on it and the, uh, on the website, it said you can get this leadership pack costs Mm -hmm. like $125. I I had a minimum wage job. I couldn't afford it, but I went to Tanya and I said, what should I do? Yeah without hesitation we're we're doing it and years later that. years later i met with rod van salkema and he told i told him that story and he said what are you doing you give me the bill i said what are you trying to do ruin the miracle we we shouldn't have been able to afford it but we did uh, i came to you with it um without hesitation you threw in a hundred percent uh, support on it. We had our first group meeting in March of 2009, so it's been 14 years. Oh, that's so good. So just to, just to shoot straight, I mean, there is a time where, again, I've seen it in my own life, and I've seen it in other lives where you get going, get going the right way, you get the addiction under control, and you get a little bit cocky, or or you know, everything's fine, and huh, yeah. And then you, you, Lord allows us to fall, and and you mm-hmm. did. You had a you had a lapse. What year was that? Two thousand fourteen, two thousand thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you were put on probation, but uh, 
But again, what what led to that in your life? What why what what was it? Was it just pride or was it just what 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 happened? It was definitely on the pride side. I got complacent. I I had this image thing again that was sneaking into my life. Yeah. Um to the point where where yeah, I got complacent and I mm. didn't feel like I needed God yeah. as yeah. much as I do now. Wow. Isn't that Oh, that is just, that's profound. I just want you to, I want everyone to understand that. God would almost rather see us fall again off our horse than to be proud because pride leads to so many other sins. And just, you know, you look at King Solomon and you look at so many other, even King David, who's one of my heroes in scripture, he finally gets in the you know, in the, the castle or, you know, the headquarters there, he's the king and he's got these wives and and it's just, it goes to your head. God wants to stay humble. He says in John 15, 5, he says, you know, that if, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. But mm -hmm. apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And we've got to remember that, my dear friends, that we need every day. It's it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's being small. If anyone would come after me, says Jesus in Luke 9, 23, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. There's a daily choice that not I, but Christ, not I, but Christ. So you learned a painful lesson, didn't you, through that, my dear friend? You sure did. And and it's all a learning experience that I can always look back and reflect on that gives me the uh, insight to move forward. Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, it's just good. So you've been working with how many kids? kids, how many guys would you say you've been working with? in this Avenue program since you got involved at the age I'm getting to be, they're all kids. <laughs> I know how that feels. Yes. It, it's been, I I don't even want to put it over a thousand guys wow. have come and gone through the group. Um, some have, have gained a lot from it and benefited a lot. Others, not so much, but it's not about them as much as what God's timing is for them. Yeah. Um, but some of the stories that I could share with you, I, I, I could go on for hours about the victories and the changes. Why don't you just share one that comes to your mind? I think that'd be fun. Oh, God. Um, one guy joined the group uh, probably in 2010, 2011. He was separated from his wife. Um, he He was actually walking down Plainfield Avenue one night contemplating just stepping out into traffic because mm. it was just that desperate for him. Sure. He heard through secondhand through my wife, actually. Okay. Which doesn't surprise me um, <laughs> about the Avenue group. He sure. became involved. He ended up uh, reconciling with his wife and going through a remarriage with her. And that that's just one example. Thank you. God. I don't know how many. Oh, uh, oh, uh. The what the the biggest thing with these guys that have experienced the victory is that heart change that they experience, and and that's one of the things we focus on with Avenue is you you've got to experience and ask for that heart change, but be very very careful when you do because when you ask God for a heart change, be prepared for it. Mm. Mm. Why why do you need to be prepared for it? Because some guys think a heart change is just a light on in a room um, and having everything change at that moment either. 
uh, it's a process. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a process well going through, well worth going through. Wow, that is that is so good. So what's the goal of your life now, Matt? To serve. As simple as that is, one little change in one guy's life could result in a a domino effect of so much more change for the world. Yeah. Yeah. For his family, for, uh, you know, the people around him, people he works with and so on. Yeah. If I can be there um, just to encourage that guy and help him learn from what I've gone through and help him learn from what I've learned through the Avenue group. Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah. all worth it. All right. Let, let's say there's a guy listening to this and, you know, pornography, is, is one addiction that, that a lot of guys struggle with people in the church, as well as out of the church. Talk to, talk to a guy that, that just has been struggling. He's been trying to quit. He's just said, oh, I just can't quit. I can't quit. I want to quit, but I can't. I just, Oh, what, what do you want to say to him? I want to say, first of all, you aren't alone. So many guys, especially in the Christian church, yeah. look around and see all these other people that have these perfect lives in their eyes. Uh, when in reality, uh, most guys struggle with this issue. Um, you're not alone, but you also cannot do this on your own. Um, you need other guys in your life to help you walk hand in hand through this mm -hmm. situation. You also need to help us help you identify those core beliefs and attitudes that you grew up with. Mm -hmm that are totally contrary to what God's truth is. It can be shame. Mm -hmm. It can be your perception of women or others mm -hmm. that are totally contrary to what God's truth is. Identify them and then start talking about them so that we can offer you alternatives when you start thinking mm -hmm. that you might be going down one of those roads. The Avenue Group, we have four workbooks that we go through. Mm -hmm. um, we don't charge guys to go to the group. We buy the books for them. Um, no idea where the money comes from. We we throw a, a bucket out there and ask the guys to throw some money in when they wow. can. But, um, we're there. All the all the guys are di at different stages in their growth, yep. and we're there to offer the insight and, and knowledge that we gained mostly by the things that didn't work for us mm -hmm. that might work for them. That's good. That's good. So if they want to, if let's somebody watching this, listening to this wants to get more information, how do they get contact or connected to the Avenue? Well, the Avenue group itself, um, we've probably got eight to 12 guys on any given Saturday that we meet. Yep. They're from a variety of different churches. Okay. Crossroads has opened up there. Um, facility for us to use mm -hmm. and it can all i i guess that right now um the best way to contact us would be through my email yeah. um avenue gr at att.net avenue gr let's do that again avenue gr at att.net at att.net okay and honestly i'm not tech savvy i don't get on all the sites like facebook or twitter right. or whatever yep, that yep, is so yep. um once you do that i'll get you my phone number to where we can just talk one-on-one -on -one. okay sounds great 
That's great. Anything else you want to add before we close, Matt? Um, no, I, I just really encourage guys that first step is the most important step. Yes. But you also have to understand that it's one brick at a time that yes. you have to take off to get past that wall. Um, guys are typically afraid of going through that black door because they don't know what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. But that other side is freedom, yeah. um, freedom through Jesus Christ. Um, and please um, call me or contact me uh, if you have any desire to uh, to have someone out there that will help you through this. Oh, Matt, love you, brother. Proud of you and thankful for all you've done and that you just want to just make it about Jesus, not about you. That's, that's what it's, that's what we need to do. So why don't you close this in prayer? Oh, okay. Um, Father, again, I, I just thank you for, for connecting me with Randy. Um, over the last 15 years, he's been tremendously important to me, but he's also helped me understand how important you are mm. uh, in all of our lives that that trust in you, even during our hard times, will always result in you helping us through whatever ordeals and paths we're going through. Mm -hmm. We may not always like the timing, but in the long run, believe me, looking back, uh, it will always be worth it. Mm -hmm. So I ask that any guys who are, are struggling or feel that shame, um, of a uh, an addiction or, or a behavior issue like this, they, they just take that first step. Amen. Um, and, and in that first step, please, please ask for your strength um, in coming to grips with something like this, as we all have, most yeah. of us have. Hmm. So I ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Agreed. Thanks again, Matt. Great talking to you today. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.